Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we're talking about the scrimmage that's happening tomorrow, the first scrimmage of spring camp. Um, basically, what we're going to do is real quick, I'm going to run through the three storylines that I chose, like the three things that I'm going to be watching for. Um, it was tough to narrow all of what's going on with the Buffs into the three main things that I'm looking for tomorrow, but I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what I came up with, um, and that's the plan for today. Uh, we'll get a quick DraftKings pick of the weekend as well at some point, um, but yeah, that's the plan. Real quick, the Colorado XOs are a rugby team here in Colorado, obviously. Um, they train at the Rugby Town National Training Center, the same place that the U.S. national teams train. Um, the idea is to take athletes from other sports, teach them how to play rugby, and eventually get a couple of them onto those national teams. So far, things are going well. They're 3-0, and or no, 3-1, and sorry, in their first season, uh, which is a great start considering most of them had never played competitive rugby before. Um, you can follow along with the DNVR Rugby podcast um, or the DNVR Rugby Twitter account, or you can read the written content at thednvr.com. Uh, so check that out. All right. So uh, three storylines. It was really, really, really hard to narrow it down. In fact, I, I kind of cheated. I'm not sure um, whether you guys will count it as cheating or not. Um, but we're going to start with an easy one. This isn't going to be a surprise. What is the biggest storyline? The quarterbacks. Uh, no Sam Neuer in the scrimmage tomorrow, but we will be seeing JT Shrout. We'll be seeing Brendan Lewis. And we will also be seeing Drew Carter, the true freshman. Um, well, I guess Brendan Lewis is a true freshman too because last season didn't count. But Drew Carter is the like 18-year-old true freshman. First semester on campus, true freshman. Um, and it'll be fun to watch him as well. Um, I'm excited to see what exactly JT Shrout's arm looks like. Um, we've gotten like a couple of clips that they send out, like some some B-roll after practice that the TV guys use. Um, they also like tweet just about every day, like a highlight video sort of from camp, except it's not really the highlights because they don't want to give anything away. Um, but in those little clips, it does seem like JT's arm is just electric. You know, that was the book on him. And I'm excited to finally see it in person. I'm also excited to compare it with Brendan Lewis's because when you look at the two of those quarterbacks, um, Brendan is the more mobile option, um, the, the better runner. He has a strong arm, 
What does his arm look like, though, compared to JT's? Is is that an area where, you know, when you're running through the, the pros and cons list, is that one where obviously it's a pro for JT, but is it a pro for Brendan too? Because if so, then maybe he does have a, a little bit more of an upper hand in this competition. Um, on top of that, you know, all the coaches, uh, the, the players we've talked to, they've had good things to say about really all of the quarterbacks, but especially JT and Brendan. You know, Carl has said that, he, I think the way he said it was, imagine what you saw in the bowl game. You know, we were all really excited with what we saw from Brendan in the bowl game. Just imagine that, but he's gotten better. And and when you hear that, I think it's it's really easy to get excited about where Brendan Lewis is. You know, the fact that Carl says he is no longer like a developmental guy. He is a quarterback who's ready to compete to get on the field and play. Um, it sounds like he's comfortable in the new system. He's confident in everything he's doing. He's standing in the pocket well. And those are going to be, I think, kind of the deciding factors in this competition. Because you look at all of these guys... You know, JT, like I said, big time arm. He's he's played power five football before. Not a lot, but uh, more. You know, he's he's thrown four touchdowns and three interceptions, something like that. Um, whereas Brendan Lewis played half of a bowl game. So I do think that when you look at just like the physical tools, if Brendan Lewis can kind of close that gap in terms of arm strength and then, you know, be as accurate as I think he can be. And JT Shrout can as well. Uh, Brendan has the advantage with the legs. The question's just going to be, can he run an offense the way that JT Shrout, a more experienced quarterback, can? Now, obviously, Sam Neuer is going to be as much a part of this competition as anybody. He's going to start light-throwing at the end of April, maybe, but more likely May. Um, and so obviously we will not be seeing much of him at all tomorrow on Friday. So as it stands now, I think that what we're really looking for in spring is just who is going to be the primary competitor for Sam. Um, obviously once you get into fall camp, as long as things don't get weird, you're going to be getting first team reps for all three of the guys. But I think there's probably going to be a few fewer reps for the third guy. Um, this spring is all about jockeying for position between the two challengers in my mind um, with the outside chance that Drew Carter could really pop and get his name into the conversation as well. Um, that will all really start tomorrow with the first of the four scrimmages. I'm excited. Um, if I had to take a pick um, in terms of what I expect to see, I think that you would, oh, it's actually really tough. Um, I wanted to say that you expect JT Shrout to be a little bit sharper. He's been through more camps. He's been a part of more power five scrimmages. At the same time, though, Brendan Lewis has a bit of a leg up in terms of knowing the system. And I think that that could really balance out the fight. Um, I, I do think it's like a, a full on tackling scrimmage. And so and that's the other thing you worry about is mobile quarterbacks not looking as good in practice because so much of what they do you just don't see when there's you're not going full contact you're not tackling the ground and to be honest you know they're probably not tackling the quarterbacks to the ground and and maybe that does give a little bit more of an advantage to JT we'll see we'll see what happens um let's jump into uh the next one and that's almost it's kind of an extension of 
this quarterback competition, but what happens between the receivers and the corners? Um, you know, I think that these are two of the best groups on the team. You know, you look at the offensive line, running backs, defensive line, even linebackers as well. There's, there's a lot of good groups on the team. Um, but when you look at these receivers, as we've said before, you have Dimitri Stanley. That is one guy who will be a big factor in this season. He's your leading re returning receiver as well, which means he's pretty proven. Um, we've gone through the stats before in terms of like his production from the slot being uh, among the best, if not the best, in the Pac-12 last season. He's your slot guy. What happens from there, though? Um, to me... I've had a tough time trying to handicap these receivers, you know, who who has the best chance of becoming a starter. What I came up with is I think, you know, the 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 favorite of any of the other receivers to be a starter, in my opinion, is Levante Chenault. He was your second leading receiver last year. Um, he's a young guy. He should just be getting better. He has physical tools that make you think that he's a next level type of player and then behind him I think the next best odds Brandon Rice um, we talked to Darren Cheverini yesterday and he said you know Brandon showed flashes of really really greatness not just greatness really really greatness um, the key is him putting it together and doing those things consistently um, which just kind of comes with time it's kind of a, a strange feeling to, to have two of the underclassmen as my picks to be the other two starting receivers. You know, it was only, what, eight months ago, nine months ago, that we were talking about Daniel Arias as a guy who, you know, was DK Metcalf Jr. Didn't really show it last season, and for that reason, he's on the outside looking in. Um, Maurice Bell, I think that... The changes to the offense definitely suit him well, um, moving the receivers around a little bit, um, probably more jet sweeps, more screens, that sort of thing, because, you know, Maurice Bell, he's a kick returner. And not only that, he's a really good kick returner. Um, getting him the ball in space will make good things happen. What is he is like a route runner and that sort of thing, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see tomorrow. Um, from there, like Jalen Jackson, you know, there's a lot of guys and, and even more younger guys. I wrote about this yesterday, you know, Keith Miller, Kurt or Darren Cheverini had good things to say about him. Um, good things to say about Chris Carpenter, um, Montana Lamonius Craig. This is going to be a big competition and it really does start tomorrow. And then on the other side, you have the cornerbacks. And to me, like, while you have all the receivers jostling for position, um, you have the corners doing the same thing. You also have kind of this bigger picture thing, which is, is this passing game able to beat this secondary? One of the better secondaries in the Pac-12 last year. Um, and you know, the pass rush helped with that, um, but they only lose Darian Rakestraw, who we hadn't talked about it, but I believe he went to Wake Forest. No, he didn't go to Wake Forest. Dallas Walton went to Wake Forest. Uh, Darian Rakestraw went to... Tulane. Um, so an open job in that secondary at free safety. Uh, that's obviously something to watch, not just like who's playing well back there, but who's even playing back there. You know, that could be a spot where Mark Perry could in theory fit um, with, with the speed that he has just kind of running that deep middle. You know, there's a lot of guys who I think 
have a shot to land that role. You know, Torin Pittman, another one. Um, so, you know you like your receivers. You know you like your secondary. But, first of all, who are the key pieces? And second of all, which is better? You know, who who wins this matchup tomorrow? Because I do think it's going to be competitive. And um, we've heard from Carl and Chris Wilson and some other guys that, including Maurice Bell, that the secondary looks really good. They're making plays on the ball. And that was one of my big issues with them last year, the year before last year. And, and not just with CU, but that's the tough part of playing defensive back in college. You know, you look around, what are the strengths and weaknesses of college corners? Usually the weakness is making plays on the ball. You know, it's it's hard to to get yourself into position. You know, you're, you're just kind of reacting to what the receiver is doing. It's even harder once you've gotten into position to get your head around and find the ball and get a hand on it and not let the receiver get two hands on and all those sorts of things. Um, so the fact that they're making some plays on the ball, that's... That's a big step forward, and that is what separates, you know, the good secondaries from the secondaries that are, you know, the best of the very best. And with Bakai Blackman coming back, he's the type of corner who, you know, if he's your number two, you, you I think that you do kind of expect to be in that best of the best territory. Um, Christian Gonzalez, he projects as a number one. Is he ready to take that step and be that guy? You know, I think that that is one of the big questions in terms of whether this secondary is, again, you know, a top three secondary in the Pac-12 or a top three secondary in the country. And I do think that it's a little bit early for that. You're, you're asking a lot of Christian Gonzalez. Um, but, you know, you, you, can, you can dream. Um, and certainly down the road, you know, we've been saying for a couple of years, there's so much talent back there. It's all going to click here eventually. Um, it actually hasn't even been a couple of years. Uh, it's been a couple of years. But before that was when, you know, you're, you're flipping receivers like Tariq Luckett onto the other side of the ball because there just wasn't enough depth. So it's actually kind of a crazy transformation to get back to this point, um, considering where you were a few years ago. Um, yeah, I think that that basically sums it up. I guess if I had to guess who's going to look better, I would go with the defense. Um, there's going to be quarterback changes. There's going to be a big rotation of um, receivers. And I think that consistently beating the secondary is going to be hard to do considering those changes. Um, meanwhile, in the secondary, I think that you, you're going to have a big rotation there too. You're going to see a lot of different guys, but you're also going to see the same guys playing some different roles. And so, whereas... Brendan Rice may be on for two snaps and then off for four because a couple of other guys are getting rotation. You might see Makai Blackman on for two snaps and then shift over the star spot and give it a run there. Maybe you try him at safety. You know, Chris Miller, somebody's going to be moving around. Um, because of that, I, I do kind of side with the defense and because defense usually does win early in camp. So, yeah, um, I am really excited. I am really excited. Uh, and then the uh, the final storyline I chose, final thing I'm watching, this is a tough one, but I went passing game again. I want to see the tight ends against the cover guys. And by cover guys, I mean like whoever is covering tight ends. And and honestly, running backs too. And, and I thought it was cheating to include running backs into this because, you know, I, I did not choose I want to see these running backs, which I really, really do. You know, Jarek Broussard, 
he is just fun to watch. And after not seeing him for a few months, watching him burst through the hole and keep running, you know, I'm, I'm excited for that. Alex Fontenot, after not seeing him at all last season, very excited to see him out there. And then on top of that, you have Ashad Clayton. At the same time, it's, it's a scrimmage and they're going to be playing hard and there's going to be tackling and all that, but it still isn't going to be a full-on game atmosphere and that's going to hinder your evaluation no matter where you look. You know, whether it's the quarterbacks because Brendan Lewis... You know, first, you you don't know, is, is he making the right decisions to, to slide or to run? You know, is he um, able to to beat guys when he does decide to run, either by, like, juking them or hitting them just because, you know, they're probably not going to be hitting quarterbacks. Again, that's kind of just my guess um, based on how football <laughs> practices usually go. Um, but also, you know, the offensive line, everything's toned down just a tiny bit and they're still going to be go, going as fast as they can because they're fighting for jobs and all that but it still is not a game situation and I think it's going to impact the running backs probably the most and that's why I left them off um the tight ends what put them over the edge honestly is that Brady Russell isn't going to be out there um at least that's that's what it sounds like I think they might have said that he could be getting some reps I should probably check back in my notes before I go into this whole thing, but I, I am excited about so many of these young tight ends and we haven't seen them at all yet. I mean, some of them we've seen, but guys like Caleb Foria, guys like uh, Eric Olson, this is going to be brand new. And again, just barely edged out these running backs. And the other thing that factors in is the coverage, because I think that's going to play a pretty big part in who wins the other linebacker job because Nate Landman is still recovering. We're not just going to see like a rotation of guys fill in next to Nate. And it's almost like Nate's partner tryouts. You know, first you get to see John Van Deesen there. Then you see Robert Barnes. Then you see Quinn Perry. And then, and you know, you just go through that rotation. We get to see two of those guys out there at the same time. That's, that's more evaluation time. That's more different matchups you get to see. And, when those are the guys who, you know, at least half the time probably are going to be covering these tight ends, that's going to make these battles a lot of fun. Um, on top of that, I think you, you'll probably see some safeties in there. Uh, Chris Miller, Isaiah Lewis, um, maybe, I guess you would expect to see Torn Pittman. Maybe you see Mark Perry in there too. Um, it's going to be fun to watch because I do think you're going to get a pretty good idea of whether these tight ends are ready because they're going at, against guys who will be battle tested again when you look at how these scrimmages go usually it is kind of ones versus ones twos versus twos three versus threes so that's why you know if brady russell isn't in the picture tomorrow all of a sudden everybody bumps up a step and you get to see whoever your number two is you know it's probably probably matt lynch he's probably going to get the first shot there how does he look against the number one defense but then you get to see some guys who typically would be playing against, you know, the third stringers, the, the the depth guys, against some some little bit higher quality players. And if Eric Olson can go out there and hold his own, um, if Caleb Foria, um, Jared Poplowski, uh, so many, Louis Passereo, there's a lot of guys who could um, show that they can be kind of a weapon from that position. Um in terms of cover guys, I'm, 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 I'm not sure what to expect. You know, I'm in terms of the linebackers. You know, I want to see 
Robert Barnes, first of all, because I haven't seen him play that position yet. And in theory, a former five-star safety who's now playing linebacker, that that is the modern type of linebacker you want to see. At the same time, he decided that you know it wasn't a great fit at Oklahoma. It's not like he was getting on the field a whole lot there. And so he isn't necessarily like a lock to be a big time player for CU. You know, the reviews have been good. You know, we've heard the thermostat, not thermometer thing. Um, but can he cover? Can he cover? Because that's a big question. That's that's kind of what makes him so intriguing as a player is that he was a five-star safety who should be much, much better in coverage than a five-star linebacker was. And uh, now he's playing that linebacker position. So that's where it starts. Um, John Van Deest, um, what does what does he provide? You know, I think that it's time for him to, you know, go do it or don't go do it. If, if you're the, the kind of player who can uh, hold down uh, Matt Lynch, first of all, then yeah, all of a sudden you have a, a good path to the field. Um, from there, you know, it's kind of tough because there is no Brady Russell who is the best receiving threat as of today, in my opinion, on the roster, again, if Eric Olson goes out there and tears it up, then maybe you say, hey, he's he is the better receiver. That's possible. The, the skill set would say that eventually he should be a better receiver than Brady Russell is. Question is when. Um, you know, Brady Russell's a tougher assignment. If, if you're somebody who does project as more of an instinctive linebacker, somebody who does a good job playing the run game, knows where he's supposed to be, then... You don't need to be able to cover the best of the best when it comes to tight ends. But, you know, the guys like Matt Lynch who aren't game breakers, you've got to be able to get out there and, and hold your own against them. Um, and then if you can provide something against the, the upper tier guys, that's when you're really talking about um, somebody who can be a stud. Uh, Quinn Perry, he has the length. In my opinion, didn't really put it to good use last year. That's tough to do when you're not out there getting yourself into a rhythm. Um, and there's a reason he wasn't out there at the same time. Uh, but we'll we'll see whether he's taken a step. Um, good athlete should be mobile enough to, to be close enough to use that length that he has. Um, Got to go see it. Um, Marvin Ham, mobile guy. Uh, they have some options. And I think that this will be a, a good test um, an early test for sure, and we can kind of get an idea of what to expect from these guys once the season hits. Um, yeah, that was a uh, uh, re- really tough, like I said, to, to narrow it down to the three things I'm most excited to watch. Like I said, keeping the running backs out of there was really tough to do. But then you think, what would you be watching for if you're watching the running backs? Honestly, you're kind of watching just to have fun because it's a really good group. You know Jarek Broussard is going to be a good football player this season. You know you have 95-plus percent confidence that Alex Fontenot will be too. You know, he's coming off an injury that kept him out all season, so that's that little 5%. Does, does that impact him somehow? But he's a proven starting running back, and right now, in my opinion, he's sitting number two on the death chart. Um, so with those two guys, how important really can the running back competition be compared to other spots where I think that there's a, a better path for any of those linebackers, for the tight ends to see the field than there is for a shot Clayton at this point. And it's going to be really fun to watch a shot tomorrow, but he needs to 
tear it up in order to get more than, you know, just, just the leftovers from the other two. Um, and again, if he does that, it'll be fun. It'll be exciting. That'll be a big storyline, but how much better are you really getting at the running back position? Because you're already really good there. And that's why it kind of got watered down, pushed to fourth. Um, you know, the, the open right tackle job, that's certainly a conversation because the offensive line is dealing with some injuries. I'm going to hold off there. Um, again, in that conversation, though, to be one of the top three. A um, lot of fun stuff. A lot of fun stuff. Um, we're going to get into the DraftKings pick of the week before we get out of here. First, though, got to pay the bills. First of all, um, if you aren't a member at DMVR, you should be. I think, what, there was like 12 new stories up on the website just yesterday. A lot of good stuff to read. If you're a fan of Denver sports, definitely check that out. Um, also, you get a bunch of perks like uh, a big beer for the size of the small bar beer at the DMVR bar, a bunch of other stuff like that. And right now, there is a really special offer. So if you sign up for an annual membership or a longer membership than that with DNVR, then you not only receive a free shirt of your choice from the DMVR locker, but you also get a recover holistic stick from holistic wellness. What's that you ask? Holistic wellness is all about the CBD. Um, the stick that we send you packs 10 milligrams of CBD, and this one is focused on recovery. You just have to pop the top of the stick, you pour it in your drink, and then you stir it up, and then you can drink it. Um, it's amazing, very easy to use. They don't make a mess. And uh, you can check out the reviews for yourself at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. And better yet, you can get 30% off from Holistic Wellness uh, if you use the code DNVR30. Again, you can get an annual membership, which will get you a free DNVR shirt, a holistic stick from Holistic Wellness with a coupon inside, um, plus all the other perks that you always get. Access to the members-only Discord. It's an awesome offer. Make sure that you take advantage of that. Also, uh, haven't had a chance to talk about these guys for a while, but Strava Craft Coffee. Um, if you're into CBD, not only is holistic wellness a good option, but also Strava Craft Coffee. Um, basically, it's CBD infused coffee and it's, uh, it's really, really good stuff. You know, you can read the reviews for yourself. It's helped people with uh, headaches, with joint pains, uh, IBS, so many different things. It doesn't cause jitters if you are somebody like me who drinks a few cups a day. And you can actually stop by the DMVR bar and try Strava's cold brew right now. Uh, yep, it's very good. Definitely recommend it. And right now, According to this page right here, you guys have been letting us down. Uh, our longest and most loyal partner to date, StravaCraft Coffee, has not felt the love lately. Uh, so we're changing that. They're offering a new code to everyone, and it comes with a new deal. You can now save 25% off your first order when you use the code DMVR25. Uh, not only do we love what Strava tastes like, uh, we all at DMVR pretty much run on coffee. Um, the CBD infusion is so awesome, like I mentioned before. It helps people in different ways. Check out the reviews. Um, they'll ship it straight to your door, and you can actually subscribe to a product and save 20% off every purchase for life. So head to Strava Craft 
or yeah, head to StravaCoffee.com today. Check out their delicious CBD infused coffee. Use the code DMVR25 at checkout. And then uh, finally, oh, this one got changed up today because the the Masters started. Basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locked to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Um, That's 101 odds. You're not going to find those very often, and it's a very easy bet. You just have to pick any basketball team to win their next game, and if during that game the choose the team of your choosing hits a three, you bring home $100 in free bets. Uh, it's an awesome deal. Definitely check that out. Uh, you can download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. If the basketball team of your choosing hits a three, that's code DMVR to turn $1 to $100 in free bets for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, so, real quick, we're going to get into the DraftKings pick of the week. Uh, I've got a good one, one that I'm really excited about. So you may remember that the Avs just went on, wow, I want to say it's like a maybe a 15-game streak uh, where they didn't lose in regulation. Well, that ended last night, and it actually was super ugly. The Minnesota Wild beat them like 8-3, to three, uh, but here is what I'm thinking. The Avs play again tomorrow night, that's Friday night, and they play the Ducks. The Ducks are not good. They're they're not good at all. Uh, Colorado is a minus one and a half goal favorite. That's what it always is. Uh, That's minus 129, which means you bet $129 to win $100. Um, I really like that. Um, I think that because the Avs are coming off a tough game, that's pushing those odds to be a little bit more favorable. On top of that, the Anaheim Ducks just snapped a three-game losing streak, which included a 5-2 to two loss to Colorado. Um, and so those two things are going to give you much better odds than I think you deserve on that minus one and a half for the Avs. Again, it's it's always kind of risky betting hockey because you know if it's two-goal lead and they get... Uh, well, I guess not an empty netter. They would have the extra attacker out and then they would score. Um, you know, that stuff gets a little scary. I do like being on the favorite side of those situations a little bit more because then you're cheering for them to hit the empty net. Um, that's going to be the pick of the week. Friday night, minus one and a half abs against the Ducks. Uh, but also, I like some things in this Masters tournament. So right now, I think the last group is on eight. Uh, so we're kind of winding down, um, two There's probably, we're probably like 75% of the way through, maybe even more than that, probably even more than that. Um, so far, some strange things have happened, uh, including that a bunch of the favorites like, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, Dustin Johnson, who won it last year, which was only like six months ago. Um, they, they all kind of fell off. So, 
when you look at the board as of right now, like who's up there? Uh, Harmon, Matsuyama, Zalatoris, Simpson, Bezudenhout. I, I've never said his name out loud. Uh, Patrick Reed, Justin Rose. You know, some decent names, but wide open. I think that the play right now and what I'm going to do after this is figure out who I want to use this daily 20% profit boost on uh, for every day of the Masters. So I'm already in on Colin Morikawa. Otherwise, that would absolutely be the play. I mean, that's probably my advice is take Colin Morikawa. But I think Justin Thomas might be kind of a nice one too. He had a rough day. He's still going, I guess, but he's what, two over now? Three over now? Yeah. I do like that. Um, so yeah, best pick, Colin Morikawa. Kind of feeling Justin Thomas still. Hmm. You know, I don't love like Bryson to make a run or anything like that. You know, Spieth is up there. I don't really like that. Maybe this is when John Rahm finally just wins one because he isn't too far back. Yeah, tied for 13th. He was even today. Consider that. Consider that. Definitely take Colin Morikawa. Um, that's going to do it for today. I will be back pretty late tomorrow night with another podcast after I go up to Boulder and watch a scrimmage. I'm excited about that. Um, so much to watch for. I'm going to need a really big notebook. Uh, but yeah, I'll see you guys tomorrow night and we'll close out the week then. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it. Cause when I'm in-